Today's first reading, we're given the life of Job, and the opening line is one of great invitation and welcome. O drudgery, O drudgery. It might be a common experience you can relate to. I would say if you relate to Job, if you know Job, if you've read the book of Job, you understand that drudgery is a very kind word to use for his circumstances. Job, whose friends turn on him, whose livelihood is taken from him, who in so many ways is persecuted and stripped down to nothing. And as his life goes on, it gets worse and worse and worse. And if you're attached If you know, if you're paying attention, you almost can't bear thinking, can another terrible thing happen to this man? Drudgery is a kind word for the circumstances he's in. And yet, here this man is one of God. Here this man has this relationship that somehow still maintains in the midst of all these things. We can see that When the church begins to move out, we have St. Paul reminding us that he is here to bring the gospel to all peoples. He is here to uh, fulfill what it is that Jesus did. And even Jesus doesn't stay in the town. He's like, okay, now I got to go preach the gospel again. We got to move on. Imagine all those people that want him. Wouldn't it make sense to be like, oh yeah, I should stay here until everybody is getting what they need. I should fill this up and then move on. Right? Isn't that called the low-hanging fruit? He doesn't seem to be operating by that mentality. They're pressing upon him. And yet he moves on to continue to bring forth the good news to more people. And so St. Paul, having been revealed in his great conversion, the mission that he has been given to the Gentiles to continue to bring this good news to other people, lives the same. And St. Paul suffered like Job. All of the early church suffered. And the great saints, the fathers of the church, the doctors of the church, those early missionaries suffered like Job. Life didn't always go the way in which they want, but they had this great movement, this great desire to continue to introduce the salvation won by Jesus Christ to each and every nation, to each person. I sometimes wonder if the early ones and the ones we canonize as saints can seem a bit different and the importance to recognize someone on this journey that lives a life like us in our times. I'm moved by a Vietnamese cardinal in 1975, Cardinal Van Thuan, has many books, but one is a simple one, Five Loaves and Two Fish. He was arrested by the communist government in Vietnam and imprisoned for 13 years. For doing what? Bringing the good news. Nine of those 13 years in solitary confinement. 13 years imprisoned by the communists. How is it that one can maintain a friendship with God during such painful and difficult times? 
How it is that one does this is because one recognizes that this is the life that God brought about. This is the good news. You will suffer. But it's redemptive. Your suffering will bring Christ's power into this world in a particular way, through you, in a way that only you could. It's a beautiful and important thing to meet Christ. And I hope in this past semester you have heard over and over again that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, that he's real, that he's in your life, that he desires to know you. That you can meet him on a basketball court and you can meet him in the uh, hiking down by the river and you can meet him with family and you can meet him in your home parishes and you can meet him in your friendships and you can meet him at the muck and you can meet him here at this altar through the sacraments in a life of prayer. And I hope you have met an experience that the only thing you can think is somehow something just happened and they say that's Jesus? Yeah, I hope that that's why you're here. Something's clicking. And for others, you're further on this journey. You're deeper in. You're aware that God is real and alive and Jesus wants a relationship with you and you've experienced beautiful moments. But now, it's important to realize Christ has a full mission. His life, his death, and his resurrection. And we as Christians aren't called merely into the beautiful encounter, into the time in which it's joyful and the time in which it makes sense, the time in which it's what we want. And we realize, I've been looking for this. But after we find that, he says, now come follow me. And there's a death. Because sometimes we don't want to leave the place in which it's easy. But he does. And he uses you to do so. Sometimes we don't want to be the instrument of another person's conversion because it requires our death. But imagine, had Peter's mother-in-law not been sick with a fever. Do you realize that? In the gospel today, all of these things happened. Someone is freed of, of demons, drove out many demons. Someone is who people were sick with all diseases. They watched all of these miraculous things happen. Right? Imagine all the, the reason that the, the crowds were coming in is because things were happening. And they wanted more. If Peter's mother-in-law hadn't had the fever, Jesus wouldn't be there. Jesus entered into the suffering of Peter's mother-in-law. And because of that, everyone had fruit. Everyone saw something incredible. There was something mysterious growing among them. And this is the method that God uses to redeem the world. That his son died on the cross and offered his life, and through the resurrection, new life became possible. The good news. And so, after we have met him, then we have our own ways in which we are called to participate in his suffering. And those things can be really, really difficult, right? We can, we can end up in very difficult means, like a communist concentration camp. But it also could mean something really simple, like I'm frustrated by a person, 
and I'd love to knock him in the head. And instead I won't. Doesn't that take something of virtue in me? It takes a grace. I want to solve a problem and I don't know how to get it and I can't be patient. That's a death, right? The greatest way to die is patience, by the way. Because I then can't be the one who determines the path. And so in these little ways, in these great ways, and in all ways in between, the way in which you can sort of begin to discern this, where am I being called to die, is anytime I am disturbed, there's a, there's a place to pray. So what disturbs you? Is it possible that God is saying, surrender right here? And instead of running, stay. Or instead of staying, go where he wants you to. And in this, we begin to see new life come about. And we find that because we uh, didn't take the path that we wanted, we have the ability to be in friendship with someone that we can help grow in faith. Or we can help give a place where they, they can be known and loved. Right? Because we were able to uh, offer forgiveness and admit our own uh, wrongs, we can be back in relationship with someone who needed it. Or because we were willing to be patient, we can stay somewhere long enough that others can show up. You will all be going to parishes in just a few years, maybe a few months. If I could offer you one encouragement... Go wherever it's nearest. And if there's no life there, stay. You are the source of new life. And it might not be exciting right away. You might need to learn to pray deeper. You might realize I'm being asked to be friends with people that I don't want to. But if we all go to the only place where it's alive, nothing new grows. But I assure you, I see it time and time again, that when we stay present to a place and we have to ask for patience, we have to pray, we have to realize maybe I'm the one to start a group, maybe I'm the one that can have a Bible study, maybe I'm the one that can go reach out to people in the pews. When we do those things, suddenly, I assure you, God sends someone. And you will be like a well of water for that person to quench their thirst. And they will be so grateful that you were there when they arrived. And from that, you can grow in your awareness that it was Christ who made it all happen by giving you the grace to both know him, to know the love that he has for you, but to be patient and to die to certain things and then to see other things rise. Because anyone who lives the death of Christ will also discover the resurrection. And the resurrection is a different kind of life than the encounter. It's filled with a greater awareness that God is truly doing something in this world through you. Cardinal Van Tuan, in this camp, imagine how difficult that must have been. He said, we had weekly indoctrination sessions in which the whole camp had to participate. 
During our break, I and my companions took advantage of the opportunity to pass to each or to the other four groups of prisoners the little container that held the Blessed Sacrament. They all knew that Jesus was among them. He who could heal all their physical and mental suffering. At night, the prisoners took turns for adoration. Jesus helped us in a tremendous way with his silent presence. Many Christians regained their fervor of faith during those days. They're in prison. Many Christians regained the fervor of their faith during those days. And Buddhists and other non-Christians converted. The strength of Jesus' love is irresistible. The darkness of prison became a light, and the seed germinated underground during the storm. I see what Jesus was doing, and what St. Paul was invited into, and what Cardinal Van Tuan did in the communist concentration camp. I see those things happening among you. Do you? Many people are searching for how to bring faith to the people they love. Is it possible that your presence here has been the channel with which another person could find him? Is it possible that your thoughts of wanting to go to a dollar dinner because you want cheap, good food actually were the bridge with which a couple other friends crossed over and found a surprising place of faith and people who seemed normal? Is it possible that the 80 people who have committed to Eucharistic adoration here in this chapel on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday night are simply making this space available in a way like that little container that the cardinal passed around to his people. It's a beautiful thing. It's a miraculous thing to have met Jesus Christ in this world, to know his love and saving power. And now we're called to live his death, a treachery, a difficulty, But inside is a seed of hope because we see that the resurrection and new life comes to more people.